Welcome back to another episode of Raw Before Christ. This week, I will be covering Church Hurt Part 2. Basically, it's the Holy Spirit and I today, <laughs> which is fine because we love that. We love when the Holy Spirit takes over. So what I'll be doing is sharing my own experiences of Church Hurt and just basically highlighting some reasons why people who get hurt within the church don't come back or why church hurt um, from my perspective or what I've heard others speak about, um, why they aren't coming back into the church or why people are reluctant to get back into that relationship with God or with the community of God. And so before we get into all of that, I want to start off with prayer as usual. So let us get into that. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for this moment to just be able to sit and be able to be real, be raw about the topics that aren't approachable to a lot of people and no one really wants to cover because, you know, we're always just trying to hide from all these things and we just don't want to open a can of worms. But God, I pray that you will enable me in this moment to just be able to speak freely, to speak and hit the points that need to be um, hit. And I just pray, God, that this session will be a blessing to someone, that someone will be able to receive healing and just hear from you, almighty God. And so I ask for your coverage throughout this session. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will just speak through me and allow me to be vulnerable in moments where I need to be and to just speak the truth as you've called me to speak the truth. And so, Lord, I thank you and I give you this moment. In your name I pray. Amen. So, church hurt. Last week, we spoke about Patrice Sterling's experience with how she's been hurt within the church um, we have Esther who gave her experience, and I briefly kind of just went over my experience, but I didn't go into much details, and so I feel like it is fitting to just go into that and, you know, segue into just reasons why people are getting hurt in the church and why they aren't coming back and seeing how we can bring forth change to that. So basically for me, my experience was um, I was visiting from school and the Holy Spirit was moving within a service and he was speaking to me very clearly and he was instructing me to you know, basically be a covering over some young people because, you know, I can be identified within the church setting as one of the youth leaders. And I don't know, but for me in this particular season where I, I got hurt, it was kind of a hard season for me because I felt as though I, I, was, I was at school doing ministry and then you come back home and it, it kind of feels like 
you're a part of the church, but not because it feels like you're missing out on what is actually going on within the church because you're away doing ministry. And then when you come back, it's kind of like you're trying to find where in the puzzle piece you fit in. And so for me, I was trying to figure out and navigate where I am and still learning how the Holy Spirit uses me and I knew he was speaking to me and in this particular service you know we are streaming live and the Holy Spirit is moving and I remember um there were three of my girls from the youth group who were leading worship and the Holy Spirit was you know, prompting me to go and cover them in prayer. And I was there and I was wrestling with God. And I was like, God, if this is really you, create that moment where I am able to just go and do what you've called me to, to do. I don't know about anyone else, but, and I'm pretty sure others may be able to identify with this, that a lot, a lot of times the Holy Spirit tells you to do something and it's not as if you don't know that the Holy Spirit is talking to you, but you're like, God, create that moment. Let it be so clear. Let it just be a moment where I can say, all right, this is it. This is the moment that the Holy Spirit allowed me to step into and I am going into it. You're like, God, give me a moment of a little silence because you, you don't want to be disruptive to a service you understand and so that was my approach and I was like God I don't want to be disruptive to the service or anything because I want to you know respect leadership I want to ex um, respect those you have placed over me because that is important you know when it comes on to ministry and ministry training and stepping into that um, role that God has called you into and so Finally, one of the girls, who were, she was leading worship and God created that moment where it was just like a gap moment where the Holy Spirit was like, this is it, step into this moment because it's the moment that you wanted me to confirm. And so I was sitting at the front row and um, I, being a minister in the church, I know that I am able to minister freely and, you know, being in Bible college and all of that, I am able to, you know, minister, but not to be, you know, stepping out of line or anything and out of obedience to what the Holy Spirit was directing me to do. I stepped forward and remember the church was packed. We were streaming live and everything. And then all of a sudden, as soon as I was getting close to the girls that God was calling me to cover in, in prayer, one of the leaders, well, two leaders, just kind of just stopped me midway and told me no. And I stood there and I, I did not know what to do because in that moment I'm thinking, Lord, but you just asked me to do this. You just asked me to do a heavenly assignment. And I don't want to be disobedient to you, but I also don't want to be disrespectful to leadership. How do I approach this? And in that moment, I felt, I don't know how to explain it, but just imagine just the embarrassment of just standing in front of the entire crowd, knowing that you're streaming live and you're just about to be obedient to the Holy Spirit, and then you get stopped midway. And I 
just felt like the Holy Spirit was speaking to me again to just, it's okay, I have you covered. And so I just went back to my seat because I felt like that was the right thing to do in that moment. And it was such a hard moment for me to process because I'm just there like, God, I know you just spoke to me clearly. I heard you. You gave me all the signs. You gave me all the confirmation. And I am moving towards what you've called me to do. And I just felt lost in that moment. And I sat there and at that time, my mom wasn't sitting close to me. She was sitting maybe like three rows down from me. And it was in the heart of worship, like it was in the middle of the worship. And so my mom was in worship, her eyes closed and everything. And in that moment of me just sitting there questioning, God, what just happened? I was being obedient to you. What just happened? My mom came up to me and she said to me, the Holy Spirit is saying to me that you should go didn't you see that I sent you to go? And I was like, mom, what are you talking about? I literally just stepped forward to go and I was stopped. So what do you mean? And she was like, what just happened? I had my eyes closed. But while I was there, the Holy Spirit was saying to me to tell you that he's given you something to do. So just go for it. But I think she was also like asking God for that confirmation too. So she didn't even realize that I made that step because, I, as I said, I was asking God for the confirmations of, you know, moving forward because you don't want to move out of self or, you know, it's a very thin line sometimes. And I remember just sitting there and just feeling humiliated, embarrassed to know that I stepped forward and in the middle of service and everything, I was just just openly just just shut down by leadership and I remember just wanting to recollect myself because as I said I was sitting in the front row and so I went around the back of the church and my mom came around there and I was just saying mom I feel like I just want to go home like I feel I, I just feel so hurt and embarrassed by those who I would think would want to uplift me and guide me into doing what God has called me to do, I felt like uh, I was being defeated in that moment by those who were supposed to be a covering to me and someone that, you know, should guide me as a leader and allow the Holy Spirit to move through me freely, you know, and my mom was saying, it doesn't make sense you go home now because if you go home now, it's just going to seem as if you were doing this out of flesh and it would just seem a bit arrogant of you. And I have to admit that, you know, she was right. And I was just there and I had to go back in the church. And I, I remember just going back, worship still going on, and I knelt down and I was like, God, I give this moment back to you, like even in my hurt and crying and just feeling, you know, kind of just crushed. I was just saying, God, I'm giving you this moment back because I know I stepped out in obedience to you. And at the end of the day, I obeyed your authority first, but it isn't in my power to just want to, you know, be rebellious against leadership or whatever. And so I was sitting there. 
And I thought that was it. I thought that was the moment. I'll take it as a learning lesson or whatever I can. And just sitting there, one of the speakers, one of the same leaders went up and I remember, okay, I'm a big advocate for women in ministry. I mean, hello, God has called me to be a pastor. And I ever since being young, I love sitting under the, the voice of women preachers. I love men preachers, but there is something empowering for me personally about hearing women preach and being on fire for God. So in this moment, to sit and hear this woman minister get up and preach against me was one of the most heart-wrenching things that I, I've ever been through in ministry. Um, just to sit there and hear her preach and say, you know, sometimes you feel as though God has given you an assignment and you feel as though God gave you a word for someone. You feel as though God gave you um, the assignment to pray over someone and you, uh, you have to understand that not every assignment is yours and you should learn to sit down and allow God to be God. And I was just sitting there and I felt crushed. A minister in training to be a pastor and someone who you would expect to be, you know, to have been there, done that, a woman in ministry, you would think that that person would try to uplift you and encourage you to go with the leading of the Holy Spirit. But instead, that person stands from the pulpit, cannot even look you in the eyes, but preaches against you being obedient to the move of the Holy Spirit. It was very crushing. It was, honestly, I, I cried. I cried after service. I was crushed. I felt like I didn't want to do ministry anymore because... I just felt defeated. Honestly, I can't sit here and actually say that I am fully healed. I feel like I have some trauma still from that experience where there are times when the Holy Spirit gives me something to do or, you know, God is saying, speak to this person and whatever. And it's just like, there's this part of me that just keeps remembering that moment where I just got shut down and it wasn't even the first time I remember this incident at school as well where the Holy Spirit was using me to speak in tongues and to interpret and it's not something that happens regularly but when the Holy Spirit starts using me in that way it's just I have no control because the Holy Spirit is just taking over and I love when the Holy Spirit just does his thing through me but I remember this specific time um, one of the leaders, he was just so ready to just preach that he missed that the Holy Spirit was ministering. And I think that's another thing. Like when it comes on to leaders, it's just, I get it. I get that some people can become rebellious and some people want to take over the service and be rude and, you know, all of that. And just, we need order i get that but it it creates this space where it's just 
some leaders don't want others. They don't want to leave that room for others to be used by God. It's kind of just like they're giving off this message of, I am the only one that God speaks to, and that's that. And if the Holy Spirit didn't say it to me, he didn't say it to you. And yes, God will confirm things through leaders, but there are things that he will use me to do or use me to say or whatever, and he won't use someone else because it's just not their assignment. And the anointing that he has placed inside of me, inside of you, it's so much different because we all carry different anointings for, for different assignments. And sometimes that's what we forget. And I feel like a lot of leaders, they they don't really think about that when it comes down to ministry. So it's just like anywhere that it's coming from God, it has to come through me. I don't care. And I get, as I said, I get where order comes in and I get why certain things are put into place, but it also puts the Holy Spirit in a box, so to speak, because it's like you don't believe that the Holy Spirit can use other people and that is so wrong. And I am so tired of seeing it happen over and over to people in the church. And then the other thing is too, is just sometimes the Holy Spirit wants to use someone or the Holy Spirit wants to move in a particular way. And we have a set way of how we want the worship session to go or how we want the service to go. And it has to go this way and that way and that way because that is how God made us last week or last month. When the Ho- You remember that time when the Holy Spirit just came and he just moved? We're doing it this way again so he can do it that way. And it's so wrong because the Holy Spirit moves differently every time. And I feel like that's something that leaders some leaders get in the way of a lot of times because in that incident that I was just speaking about when, you know, the Holy Spirit was using me to speak in tongues and interpret and the speaker just went up and he just took the mic. Well, I wasn't using the mic because I was in the congregation when the Holy Spirit started speaking through me, but he just took the mic and started speaking over me and just kind of just stopped the Holy Spirit in, you know, just stop the move of the Holy Spirit because he wanted to deliver the word that he has spent so many hours preparing. And I get that. There's a lot of work that is put into, um, you know, preaching and all of that. I get that as a Bible college student who's studying, for, you know, and doing all of these things. I get it. But we also have to bring ourselves to that place where it's just like the Holy Spirit is... God is the ultimate authority and he has the final say. And if that's how the Holy Spirit wants to move this week, that's just how he has to move. There's just such a rush sometimes to just get into the word I prepared and what I have to say that it just kind of just messes up everything because you don't know who the Holy Spirit brought into the service that on a last minute basis that he wants to experience him in a different way, not necessarily through how you think it will be. Because there are times when you go to church and it's just an entire worship session and that's how the ministry for the week is and you leave just feeling filled. And then there are other times where it's just, you'll go straight into the word. And there, there, there are times where it's just 
it's just different stuff. So leaders, a lot of times I find that they're just so eager to run to the pulpit to speak what they've prepared and they forget sometimes that the Holy Spirit is moving and it doesn't just, you know, become something where it gets in the way of the move of the Holy Spirit and someone's obedience to the Holy Spirit, but it also brings about hurt. And that's just, it's unfortunate, you know? It's very unfortunate. I also had another experience, actually, that isn't so much so ministry-related, but it was while I was doing ministry, so I was, I was leading worship. And for those of you who know me, I'm pretty slim. I'm a slender person. Um, <laughs> and so for years, like growing up, I had struggles with that. Like I looked down on myself. I talked down to myself and I would compare myself to people my age or, you know, I see someone putting on a little weight here and there. And I would ask God, you know, where's my hips? <laughs> where's, where are my thighs? <laughs> you know, stuff like that. But I have grown to love who I am. I have by the grace of God and just being able to just be nurtured properly and all of that, I have grown to love who I am and be comfortable in the skin that God has created me in because I am beautifully and wonderfully made. Amen. Okay. Okay. But anyways, I was doing, I was leading worship and I said all of that to say that my clothes, I can't wear size four pants. Brev. Like, I can't wear a size four pants as a size two. And I was just honestly wearing what I had and what I felt comfortably in, comfortably in. And it, in no way was I exposing anything or whatever. Wasn't wearing a ripped jeans, anything. It was just plain jeans and, you know, a nice button shirt or whatever. And my jeans, I like when they're closely fitted, not that they're stifling my legs, but I like when they're closely fitted because, as I said, I'm slim and I don't like baggy clothes. And there are some people who are slim or whatever, and they love baggy clothes, but that's just not me. But anyways, a particular sister walked up to me and she was speaking in, in Patois, in my Jamaican language, and she made the comment of saying, <laughs> you know, along the lines of saying, don't you realize that as a minister, when you're ministering on stage, you can't show your bird legs? Honestly, I took it with a grain of salt because I was over that. Like, I guess the sometimes I can be nonchalant <laughs> if I'm being completely honest and not everything gets to me and some things I just, I'll just, yeah. I don't know if I should have been offended in that moment, but it was my experience and she said that to me and I, in the moment, I kind of just, you know, laughed it off because she was laughing and I just didn't pay that much attention. But there was another sister who overheard the conversation and she was fuming. She was fuming because... Her thing was, what if you were struggling as a young person? And we know that there are people suffering silently. What if you are currently struggling with your weight, with your body? 
you know, there are a lot of disorders. What if I was anorexic or something that is beyond just the natural of just what you see? What what if there was something deeper? She was fuming because of how hurt she felt on my behalf of just someone criticizing how my legs looked while worshiping. I mean, first of all, you should be worshiping and not looking at my legs, but it's not like my legs were out there. I was wearing a regular jeans. I'm just slim, and that's just what it is. And this particular sister got hurt through the comment that was made to me, and that caused hurt for her. She didn't want to be in the presence of people like that who, who overlooks something that could be going on deeper. She was hurting on behalf. And it wasn't until she said something to me because she was driving me home at the time and she was like asking me, did you feel offended by that? And it wasn't until she started speaking, I was like, that was really kind of disrespectful. But honestly, I, I feel like because I've gotten past that stage and I've learned to be comfortable in my skin that I was able to just I don't know the Holy Spirit kind of just helped me but not everyone is the same and whether you're someone who overhears something that is said to someone else or you are the person who it is said to either way it is hurt and I feel like in the church a lot of times we focus on the wrong things and we cause hurt for so many people for the wrong things, over the wrong things. Like we're focused on, I thought the Bible told us to be kingdom-minded, you know? Seek ye first the kingdom, <laughs> not the natural things that you see, and stop focusing, you know, worship and, you know, give God his worship and stop focusing on things that don't really matter commenting on people's clothes and whole people bodies figure are or because you don't look like that doesn't mean you compare yourself to that person or you compare someone to someone else it is just not right because it causes hurt for everyone and that is just it's it's unacceptable it's just unacceptable and we need to step away from that it is it is pastime that we begin to see people for who they are, accept people for who they are, and whether they are expressing themselves through clothes or whatever it is, their hair, whatever it is. I remember when I cut my hair off, people had a lot to say about a young person cutting off their hair. You're a minister, you're a pastor, why did you cut your hair off? You're young, leave that to old people. It's just like, can you don't know like I actually damaged my hair but okay thank you for that comment thank you for not asking me what was going on what if I was being I was going through a depressive state and all I could do to express myself and my pain and my hurt was to cut my hair off you missed it you missed the sign because you were focused on the wrong thing so it's time, it's high time that we get beyond ourselves, get beyond the natural things and start focusing on the real thing, like getting to know people, getting to the root of what is going on with inside of people, allowing people to be obedient to the Holy Spirit and the move of the Holy Spirit without being shut down or put in a box. It's just, we're walking on very thin lines and 
We need to get past that. The reasons why people are getting hurt in the church and not coming back. And it's kind of just has to do with the experiences that we've shared so far. And I am pr pretty, pretty sure that there are many, many, many more experiences out there that people could share. And we could continue this conversation forever about church hurt. But one of the things that I see is a lack of discipleship within the church. Like, it's so crazy. It is very crazy. It's like, we can't just go out there, bring people in, and then just leave them to figure it out on their own. Like, we can't, we can't, we can't do that. Throughout the entire New Testament, throughout the Gospels, we see where... Jesus calls for the disciples. He didn't just call them and said, all right, you're here now, do this. He taught them. He was a model for them. He did things and modeled the way for them. And he left a legacy. He left something that they could work with, something. He left them with a promise. And he didn't just leave. He gave them the Holy Spirit. You know, I... I really do feel as though one of the main reasons why the church now is finding that we're not holding people long in the church. Or people will visit three weeks and stop or people will be there for two years and then just stop. It's because people are seeking for more and we aren't giving them the more that they need. They need that discipleship. They need they need more. They need to be guided and they need, <clears throat> sorry, people really just need to be poured into, to be nurtured and to be loved and they just need a model. So I think one of the ways that we could fix or not really fix, but you know, prevent church hurt in, in, in many ways is to make sure that we're discipling people, not just the people that are just coming into the church as new believers, but those who've been there for a while, who haven't gotten that opportunity, even though we've been in the faith for a long time, it would be good to, you know, have that discipleship going or something that they can glean from. I, I, I really do believe that this is one of the ways that church hurt can be you know, it could really help with the church hurt. And the next thing, too, is like leaders not accepting that they aren't the only one God speaks to. Like leaders need to really start realizing that God, yes, they are the leaders and they're the shepherds and God speaks to them and confirm things through them. And but understand that there are other people out there that God will use can use god will use anyone he pleases and sometimes we just think to ourselves that we're the only ones and it would be a good thing to get out of that mind frame and i pray to god that as an upcoming leader that i will take that on as a lesson and realize that there are times when i need to step out of the way and allow god to use to use someone else And then the other thing, too, is leaders becoming threatened by younger or fresher anointing. Like, can we talk about that for a moment? Because I feel like 
no one really wants to talk about that. It's like you see someone who has a fresher anointing and someone who is on fire for God in a way that you've never seen it before. And instead of partnering with that person and nurturing them and growing and wanting the best for them, some leaders unfortunately shut down those people. And it is hard to come back from that. It's hard to come back from that because if you are not fully established in your relationship with God and if you aren't fully established in your identity and it's a growing and working progress and if some things are said and done in that process, it can cause a lot of hurt. So that's something that we need to look, we need to look at because people shouldn't be in a box and muffled. Not saying that you're going to just leave everyone to do whatever they want. Their structure is needed. Order is needed. But also a balance. There's a balance that needs to take place. And then the last thing that I kind of just, you know, I was speaking about is not looking deeper and knowing a person's story. You need to begin to look deeper into a person's story and what they're going through and what they're facing because... It makes a big difference. It really does. Because we can't just assume. Assumption kills. Like it kills. Assumption and a comparison, it kills. And people people need more. You can't just take people for surface level. It, it's not just a see you on a Sunday thing. It's relationship. It's more than that. Getting to know someone and not just saying whatever comes to your mind because of what you assume or what you think you observe. Get to know the story behind the person before you start speaking about that person or against someone. Because at the end of the day, you're not always right. And that's just that. So yeah, that... Those are my experiences for church hurt and the little things that I've ex- I've I've observed as to why there's not many people staying in the churches or not wanting to come back. It's because of, you know, certain things like that. So if us as a church, if we can just tighten up on those areas. I think we can begin to see a lot more changes, a a lot more changes. But yeah, that's that's really what I've been observing. So I just want to take this moment to close out in prayer. So, Father, I thank you for this opportunity to be able to sit down and to share my experiences and just the things that I've observed so far. And Father, if there are more things that need to be said or need to be brought to light, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will bring people to to me to talk to me about these things. I'm open to learning more and understanding more, God. And I just pray that you can even open my heart, my ears and to you so that I can be in tune to you for whatever you want to reveal to me and speak to me about as it relates to this topic or even other things, God. I just pray that anyone that may be struggling with church hurt, whether it comes from a place of 
ministering and they're struggling with even ministering even more and they don't know if they really want to do this I pray God that you will give them that push that you will give them the healing that they need God that you will allow them to have the right resources and everything that is needed father because the harvest is plentiful but the laborers God you already said it it's few so, God, I pray that the enemy will not take away the laborers that you have placed in this earth, almighty God, to go forth and to spread your gospel. And, God, I, I thank you that for myself and for those who have been through hurt but kept pushing through, I thank you, Father, for giving us that strength that we, we so need each and every day to be healed and to embrace and to get past and get through the hurt that we experience so that we, at the end of the day, can keep the mission at hand, which is to spread your gospel, to seek and save the lost and bring people to you, Father. I pray that you will continue to help us as we journey on this road that isn't really, really isn't easy. But with you, all things are possible. So, Father, I thank you. I just pray that you will just continue to just be our shield, be our guide. We, I, I honor you in this moment, God, and I just give everything to you. In your name I pray. Amen. So be encouraged. You may still be going through your hurt. You may still be trying to process that hurt and trying to navigate that church hurt and trying to learn how to get back to that place, especially being with a community. But I just want to encourage you that God is with you. And I, I know it sounds cliche, but God is with you and he will take you through it. And right now it doesn't seem like it, but he will. And tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that, You'll find yourself getting better and better each time. So thank you for joining us for another episode of Raw Before Christ. God bless you, family. Mm -hmm.